0: fun. Today we're going to start a series called Life in Circles, Life in Circles, and it's really about community. Today we launch our anchor groups as well about doing life together and and learning from one another and learning from the Lord in in circles, not rows like we're in today. So um, I've always been a big fan of football. In fact, I started playing football, I mean, from the time I was a little kid. My my dad was a diehard fan, and uh, I started playing. I mean, we would leave at like eight o'clock in the morning on Saturdays, And I would go with, I'd be barefoot, I'd wear shorts and no shirt, and we'd go play football in the neighborhood literally until it got dark. The rules were be home when the streetlights came on, and that's what we did. We literally played football all day long. So I've just always been this diehard um, fan of of football, and I played a lot of team sports, and I learned a lot through basketball and football, the sports that I played, and I, I learned a lot about kind of what, the, the goodness that kind of comes out of being a part of a team, and I think I worked, learned like hard work and um, preparation and believing in yourself and believing in other people, even like when I feel like my my skills were up to par, I, I had to learn to kind of harness that and then go to go to work anyway and uh, even when i didn 't want to go to practice, I had to go to practice to be a part of the team there's so much commitment and work ethic and discipline. That that came out of that. There's so many good things that came out. I, I also learned I was on a lot of bad teams and really good teams, teams in which we a lot we were losing by 35 at halftime, and other teams where we were we won by 50 points. You know, I'd been on both sides of that, and I I learned that that being a, a good team is not all about having the most talent, but somehow like passion and determination could overcome a talent deficiency. And um, I think just this whole environment of team and kind of Super Bowl and, and kind of launching our anchor groups brought me to just kind of teach on the body of Christ and, and teach on that life is a, is a team game and it's not an individual game as much as kind of we believe in like being self-made and, and a, uh, an American man. I think there was a quote that came out from Jeb Bush a long time ago. He's running for president, of course, right now. And he, he declared himself a self-made man, Right. Um, that his dad was president, he was a self-made man, he had all these great opportunities. There's chances are he probably wouldn't be in the kind of dynamic and kind of um, influence that he had now had, had not He had his, his dad. But some of us, we kind of think that we're kind of on our own, we're on our own island, just kind of do things on our own, but really life is a, is a team game, and I think some of us are completely missing out on that and really the beauty and kind of the joy of the ups and downs of life when we do it together. And so I want to I turn to Romans chapter 12 um, with you today, and we're going to talk about kind of doing life, life as a team game. And I can tell immediately some of you um, are like, I'm not all about this kind of like team thing. I like to play tennis where I play by myself, and I don't like to play doubles, or I like to play golf and play by myself where I can control me. Some of you uh, that might be in college, like you hate group projects because you don't want to work with other people. It's just easier to do it by yourself sometimes, um, but we all find those times in our life where we need uh, deeply to rely on one another, and we're missing out a lot of that. And the scriptures teach us that that not only the life, but the Christian life. Walking with the Lord is also about walking with one another, and so I want to go to Romans chapter 12, and let's do that, and I'm going to, if you hate sports and you hate football, I'm going to use a lot of sports analogies today, so just like let the person next to you or behind you explain it to you, whisper in their ear, Um, because I'm going to use a lot of those, just because Super Bowl, and it's fun to kind of uh, kind of bring it all into, uh, tied into the Word of God and what He's doing in our life, Uh, for by the grace given me, I I say to every one of you, every single one of us, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. We've all seen the athlete who just thinks they got it and they don't, right? The short little white boy on the basketball team that thinks he's so good. That was me. (laughs) Um, In accordance with the faith God has distributed. Listen to that. We, We often think that, like, I don't know if I have enough faith, but like God's given each of us faith, and he causes that to grow um, through through different circumstances, in accordance with the faith God has given us. For just as each of us has one body with many members or parts, these members do not all have the same function. Let's just stop right there. You've got body parts that you don't even know exist. You'll probably have surgery on a body part that you didn't know existed at some point, In your life, there's so many like parts uh, and members in our our body, and what this is saying to us today, I believe, kind of on this Super Bowl Sunday, on the launch of our anchor groups, is that there's this difference in all of us that each of us are are different and we're created uniquely, and God uses us in unique ways. Found myself growing up, and I always I had people that I um, that inspired me, and uh, as a songwriter. I always, I found myself imitating a lot of people, right? Like John Mayer got really hot and I wanted to play all John Mayer songs, so I made my voice sound like John Mayer, <laughs> right? And then I, I listened to, um, uh, I don't know, some other dude and I just start imitating his voice and I start doing that. And for a while, I was just imitating, imitating. And then after a while, I, I be, you, you begin to find who you are, right? And so some of us in our own lives, like we've been imitating someone else, but God has a voice for you. And God has like you, created you uniquely; that He doesn't want you to be like some like one um, A or, or, or B version of someone else, but really just be be you, and that that's uh, that's okay. So I think the kind of first thing I want to bring up to us today is just to know your role, um, know your role, and uh, you're, uh, actually last year the the um, New England Patriots won. Everybody say boo! <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we can all agree on. Like Jesus. By faith and grace, and we hate the Patriots, right? So um, I was at a NASCAR event one time, and everybody booed Jeff Gordon when he was at the top. And this, this drunk guy behind me was like, boo, nobody likes a winner, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of what it is with the Patriots, I think. But last year, they won the Super Bowl, and, you know, they get those big blingin', you know, rings, Super Bowl rings. And the quote that was on the side of their ring, like, took me back. It was kind of, like, weird. Do you guys know what it said? It, it said, do your job. I thought it was like, I expect inspirational, like teamwork makes the dream work or, you know, something like Tom Brady's face and Giselle like smiling. I don't know. Um, Do your job. Like we just won the Super Bowl. Like what else do you want? There was was something so deep about what was being said there that there is something unique that happens when one person and each person begins to just do their job that you can accomplish really big things together. I want you to kind of picture, we all have this different function. Uh, imagine Kim Newton, like, playing all the positions on offense, right? He's super talented, but can you imagine him, like, getting down to hike the football and those big old chicklets, looking up, like, smiling, making people laugh at the offensive line? No, you want somebody gritty and big that can kind of block You can imagine him playing all those positions, or Michael Orr, some of you guys might know Michael Orr, he's the guy they made the movie Blindside after, like the big kid, you know, and he would made it through the NFL, and he's always said, you know, I wish people would know me as a player, and not just the kid they made the movie after. But can you imagine him being a wide receiver? No, like, I mean, God clearly made him to, like, block for a quarterback, not to run out for passes. It was very clear of his role, and his function, and each of us has a a different function, but many times we want to kind of fit into another function or another role. Um, I was, one of the guys here um, at, at the church was going out for football for his middle school team last, um, last uh, fall, I guess, and I kept asking him each week, so what position are you playing? And he said, I don't know, I'm playing like a bunch of positions, they don't really know where I'm going to be. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what position? Like, isn't that like one of the first things, you kind of figure out your position? I came several weeks, he didn't know, because he was so new to it. He was so new to it. He's trying to figure out that, and and even in this house, like some of you are new to this house and trying to figure out, like, how can I be a part? Like, what, what is my job? Like, what what is my function? What is my role? And like, we want to help. We want to come alongside you and help you, like, explore that. If like God's never spoke that to you, and walk to you, like, what it, walk you through what it, it means to be a part of of the body of Christ? That each of us have this different function. Um, And the ways we do that are through things like DNA sessions, where we get together and we help unpack your passions and giftings and personality and and what's going on in our church and how you can be a part and use the giftings that God's given you. You know, just talking with some of our leadership is another way. Making it a prayer, like saying, God, like, I I feel like I don't have much, um, but what I have I give you. And and where, where can I invest myself so that we can so that we can do something incredible together to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is our our mission statement here. And so I, I invite you to, to begin to ask that question of, of what your role is and how God's using that and to just celebrate celebrate what God's uh, doing in your life. And so I think the kind of first thing is, is know your role. Later on in the verse, they'll go on to just share all these different functions and roles, but it takes each one of us. And, and many times we think that our role is not significant, right? Um, kind of look at different things and we think what I, I do is more significant or, you know, maybe someone that's a leader in the church, maybe what they do is more significant. And, and here's the thing, some of those roles may be more prominent, but prominence doesn't equal significance. Prominence doesn't equal significance. And so whatever it is, um, it, it's significant in the kingdom of God for you to, to play that role it is um, the offensive lineman, you know, uh, less important than the defensive lineman, You know, the, 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 no, no. Is the quarterback more prominent? Yeah, he is, but, but is, is he more significant? Some would say, yeah, and football's a whole other deal than, than life, and that might bust up my analogy, but um, you football fans are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, but each of us have, have a role to play. I think this is probably best characterized. Uh, John F. Kennedy went to the uh, Kennedy Space Center, I don't know if it was called the Kennedy Space Center. Anyway, he went to NASA, wherever that was back then. And uh, he was walking around, kind of getting a tour of the facilities. And he, he was just kind of, I think he just veered off the tour. And like if the president wants to veer off the tour, he can veer off the tour. And so he just kind of began to walk around and meet and greet with people. And he was just connecting. And he found a guy holding a broom out in the hallway and was just talking to him. And he said, so what do you, what do, you do here, sir? What do you do here? And this guy holding a broom, it's very clear that what he probably did, <laughs> did there, he was not an astronaut most likely, um, he said, what are you doing? What do you do, do, you do here at, at NASA? And he said, I'm putting a man on the moon. And it was this deep sentiment that every person in the organization knew that their function was about making the mission happen. And that role was not less significant because he was connected to the greater mission. And and we want you connected, not just in feeling like you are a part of a team or whatever. We want you connected to the mission and seeing the vision of what God's doing here. So know your role. Uh, I'm going to try to preach a little bit shorter today. Everybody said Amen. amen. You, you can say Amen. I'm going to try to preach a little bit shorter today, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll continue on. Let's continue reading in the passage. So in Christ, there were many members. So in Christ, though many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We've got different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift's prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, serve, teaching, teach, encourage, then give encouragement. Keep, keep reading with me. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And to If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Let's stop right there for... Um, just a second, I, I think kind of the second thing that I want to bring up to us today is not only like kind of knowing who you are, knowing the role you play, um, maybe it's not uh, prominent, but it is significant. I think the second thing is to care about your teammates, to care about your your teammates, care about one another. I mean, what was that, that verse, what it just said there? Each member belongs to the others. Like we talk about belonging to Christ all the time, but when's the last time we really grasp the fact that you and I, like we're one, and we, we belong to one another, like right? That's kind of a deeper sense than what we normally experience in church, right? Right? We, we like to we, people we sit by, right? People we worship with each week, people we may be in group with, but this idea of belonging to one another, as much as we're belonging to Christ. I mean, when, when Jesus like was praying a prayer to the Father in, in the book of, of John, in John's gospel, he, he said, it's my prayer that they may be one as you and I are one. Like, what kind of depth of unity in the body of Christ is that? That Jesus' prayer is that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Like, that's some deep unity in, like, you can't separate Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You can't separate. We shouldn't be able to be separated. We're so unified. And that takes a deep level of care and compassion. We've all... So the second thing is really just care, caring about your teammates, you know, loving one another, belonging to one another. I, I think uh, many times when we're we're, we're talking uh, about this type of idea, sometimes we can kind of throw it off and, and not really grasp how deep this kind of whole thought process is. But to care one uh, about one another in that deep sense is what we see in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, in which they were devoted to to one another. Not just to fellowship and fried chicken, but they were developed to one another and to prayer and to teaching. There was this kind of oneness and this unity that they were experiencing and walking in, and that's what God wants us to be able to walk in, is that type of of deep, deep unity and belonging to one another. I think as we kind of begin to unpack this and look at it maybe on, on the football side, right? We've all heard the person, maybe you've heard someone in an interview say, you know, every guy's just got to be out there fighting for the guy next to him, right? You ever heard something like that? And and nobody's like the guy who's gotten up at the press conference and and said he just throws his teammates under the bus. You ever heard one of those? And you just want to slap the guy, like, you're a terrible teammate. Why would you throw them under the bus or a coach that throws his quarterback under the bus? Like, don't you deal with those things in private? Like, what kind of team unity is there. I mean, could you imagine like if we did that here in like the church setting? Um, like I, I started complaining about the bands and I was like, man, I could preach a lot better if these guys would get their act together behind me. <laughs> you can't imagine me say that. Obviously, I never say that. They're amazing. But um, can you imagine us doing that in, in real life? But really what the body of Christ is about is about belonging to one another and loving and caring for one another. That's not kind of reserved for like a pastor shepherd, but we're, we belong to one another, and we care about one another, and we believe in each other, and we pour into each other, and so we care uh, uh, about our teammates. And there's this deep bond of love there. We skip down to verse, um, go back to that, that verse right there that we were just looking at. Let me finish reading it. Hate what is uh, evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The ESV puts it like this. Try to outdo one another in showing honor. Try to outdo one another in showing honor to one another. It takes a deep amount of humility in which he starts this text with, right? He starts kind of with this idea of humility, of look on yourself with sober judgment. It, it, it's impossible to, to look at others and honor others without kind of having sober judgment about yourself. And it's really... Uh, I think sometimes we can just do it with lip service, like honor someone, love them, and like care for them. And I've done that before. In fact, as a, as a pastor, like, I, I think some of us, we may assume that like, I'm endowed um, with like, all this kind of perfection, <laughs> the, the moment like God calls me into like, what I am. But um, that's very not true. That's very not true. In fact, when I, I started um, in full-time ministry a long time ago, I really did not care about people, <laughs> I, I, isn't that sad like isn't that crazy um I, I had come a long way like to a point like where i prayed a prayer and i'm like god i don't care about people i need you to help me care about people right um and that became very real as i found myself going through the motions and very fake very fake and um i, I want you for, if you fall into that place in this room and I know there's a few of you um, you probably do, just because it's it's human nature. Some of us. You can pray that prayer, and you could be honest. God, I don't care right now. Help me to care. Help me to care and love like you love, and not just the people that I'm comfortable with and the people that I want to love, but the people that you love. Like help me to love your kids. And and so I invite you today to to allow God to teach you deeper and deeper what it means to belong to one another, and to care about one another. Um. I, I, and I think it's a powerful thing when we begin to live that out. And as that, you know, sometimes we've heard in interviews play for the person next to you. Some days we don't feel like playing for ourselves. And sometimes like knowing that like I bring my gift of encouragement to the table. It's not about me. It's for the glory of God. And I'm bringing it because I belong to one another. And I see that weight of responsibility. And I think kind of sometimes that what comes to the table is we feel, we feel like it all rests on our shoulders, right, as as the the game is approaching tonight, if Peyton Manning has a bad game, it kind of feels like it's riding on his shoulders, right? And and all the commentators will say, if Peyton doesn't have a good game, the Broncos are going to lose. And if Cam doesn't have an excellent game, they're going to lose. And it feels like it's all right. Sometimes we do that in our own lives. We feel like it's all riding on our shoulders. When really, as the body of Christ, it's not all riding on our shoulders. It's really riding on Christ. Working that out through his body and us being available and, and submitted to what he's doing in our life. So I want to continue and kind of close this out. I told you I was going to preach short. You guys didn't believe me. We got to trust. Belong to one another. Trust one another. Comes in there. Yeah, it's not over yet. Somebody, whoever that was, having a talk in my office after. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Um, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. The Greek of, of this text is, is really powerful. Before I get to that, let me just give you the last point. We can kind of roll with it. It's to play the game with passion. Kind of three things today. Knowing our role in the body of Christ, caring about our teammates, and playing with passion. Truly keep playing with Passion. Go back to that text for, for for just a second. Kind of the Greek of what's being said here is the word spoudē, which is the word um, for fervor here, and it's really in the English translation that's put out of order. But keep your spiritual fervor. That really, this, the Greek word spoudē is uh, means diligence and earnestness, and the word zeal is the Greek word zēo. Some of you guys remember an old rock band, heavy metal rock band. Is this word? And it means like boiling over, like boiling over. And the, the, the word for serving the Lord is really the understanding of submission. So I want you to grab a hold of these three things diligence, passion, and fervor, and zeal, like boiling over, and submission. Just grab a hold of those. One of the things I love about Cam Newton is that he's so passionate about the game. Remember when Brett Favre used to play? Like, he would just run around, he was jumping around like a kid, and you could just tell he loved the game. And, like, Cam Newton's got some criticism because he just plays the game with such, like, childlike joy and passion, and he gives it all he has. And, you know, there's probably a lot of guys this weekend who are sitting home who, for them, this whole year, they're having to realize they've lost their passion for the game, and they've just been doing it to collect the paycheck, and some of us, as the body of Christ, sometimes we do it. Like, we just, we do the kind of religious thing. We go through the motions just to collect a paycheck, right? Just a, a good little nugget, a little kind of warm fuzzies in a service, some friends, a, a kind of pseudo-relationships that we can call friends, but we we don't do anything with diligence, with with sude, like spude. We, we've, we don't do anything with diligence and earnestness in the depths of our heart. Like, we're really going after what God has for us in our life. And, 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 and nothing's boiling over in our life. That zeal has been lost. And, and I think the, the word submission is the thing that I think is the word I just kind of want to land on for a moment. Because I think when we're just fully submitted to what God wants us to do in our, our lives and, and who he wants to be inside of us and to fill us and let that flow through us, That's kind of the beginning of this process of like saying, God, I I wanna do everything I can. I wanna leave no stone unturned in this life for giving myself completely to your cause and to who you are, who you've called me to be. And some of us in the house, like if we were honest about our cup, like it's there and it may be empty. And some of us, like we may have a cup and it may be pretty full and we may feel things are okay. And for everyone, what I want you to do is is read this last line that says, be joyful in hope. So if it's at the bottom, have hope. Don't you love the the teammate on the sidelines who is walking around when they're down in the fourth quarter saying, believe. Just keep believing, keep believing, keep pressing on, knowing that we're gonna make it, we can do this. Don't you love somebody who, like, though, like, things are out of hand and, like, things are crazy right now, they're just patient. Like, when affliction is happening, when turmoil is happening, they're just patient, knowing that God's going to come through, that he's going to take anything. And don't you just love to be around some people that are faithful in prayer and be in there for one another? And so if your cup's empty or if it's just right there at the top and, like, everything's fine— What I want us to pray for is that as we submit ourselves, that God would cause the cup to overflow. He would cause it to the zeal to return for some of us. And if you're in the house and you've never said yes to Jesus and like, like, what cup are you talking about, bro? You know, today in the house, like God wants to give you the cup uh, uh, of living water that will never run dry. And you won't have to keep going highs, lows, highs, lows, but you'll just find yourself at rest no matter what comes against you, pace, patient in affliction, joyful in hope, faithful in prayer. God wants to do a new work in us, church, and, and he, he doesn't want it to just be like this cool kind of religious thing and we grow and like we have like good attendance and like we have these good services. God wants something deep for our community and he wants something deep for our city that the cup would not be running dry and it just wouldn't be close. It would just be boiling over with his love and with his presence. And so um, I want to invite you um, to, to bow your heads in prayer um, today. And we're going to come to the table in just a moment, but I want to I say a prayer over us. And, and I, I say this sometimes, um, there's a lot of different ways to pray. We can each pray and kind of each pray to God and just kind of be in our own place. And, and then there's times where we pray for one another. There's also something where we, we let someone pray for us. And if we can like jive with that, and like if we can agree with that in the name of Jesus, like I think there's a, there's a spiritual bond and unity that we find up under the Father, and I want to do that right now. I want to pray with you, and if you can agree with that today, and I want you just to, to pray and say yes to the Lord. I want to first pray for those that have never said yes to Jesus, but you feel God calling you and stirring you to say yes to his call. God, for those in the house today that feel empty, that feel like I don't know what cup he's talking about, but I know that I, I feel broken and I feel a drawing of God to, to respond in this moment. God, I pray that you would just just receive your children today that come and kneel at your feet and just say, God, all of my sin, all of my brokenness, for all of your healing and all of your wholeness, redeem this filthy vessel and make me clean. You want to wash your sins as white as snow. God, I pray that today we'd stand up, we'd say yes to your call. God, for those of us in the house that maybe your cup is just empty and you wonder, like, if we can make it out of this fourth quarter right now when we're down 25, how? God, I pray that faith and courage and hope and zeal would be birthed in them today. Thomas Davis said God in this video that we would just be faithful in the process as you renew us, as you redeem us as you make us into your likeness God God birth in us today a deeper passion for one another not just a surface level going through the motions thing but God like a deep passion for one another that we would experience oneness as are in you Father God, I pray for someone that walked in this place empty. I pray that they walk out of this place bubbling over through your spirit. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you call us. You call us to the team. You give us a jersey. We feel like we should just be a water boy or an usher. You invite us onto the field. You enable our giftings, and where we are weak, you are strong. I pray that we rest in that, and we work together as your team, as your body, to fulfill the mission that you've given us.